This is a Podcast Now production. But they say that babies are born and they look like they resemble their dads for the connection. Isn't that a thing? Well, everybody was saying you resemble my dad, so I really hope uh, that, that, that theory is not true. Welcome to Life and Laughter with Annie and Holly. This week we're talking to two of our friends all about babies but from the dad's perspective. We want to celebrate all the dads out there and we want to welcome our friends Remy and Jacko. Remy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Are you both a bit nervous? Are you excited? No, excited because it's the weekend uh, but also of course excited to... Uh, we've been planning this for quite a while now so we've been looking forward to getting onto, the, onto this podcast. You both look nervous. You both look like you're going into the labour ward. I will never go back again. We're ready. So, Jacko, you've got, you've got a beer with you. Calming the nerves. Friday evening. <laughs> Love it. So, Jacko, should we ask you yeah, first? Tell us about your little human and when you became a dad. So, my little human is called Arlo. So, he's just turned one in February. So, yeah, he's amazing, to be honest. Um, every day is different. He brings us joy, tears, laughter. But yeah, every day is different. He's incredible. He's definitely changed our lives for the better, I must admit. You and um, Remy kind of had, well, you kind of conceived and had babies at the same not time, right? We were there. We were, it's, it, we were in the same room, but like not together. <laughs> Are we sure that... Did you text each other afterwards? <laughs> Always. Yeah, maybe we're not even sure if uh, mine is mine and yours is yours. Maybe there was a swap. I actually, I actually remember very well the day that... Uh, so we went to, to your house, Jacko, and we, we took you to the kitchen, you and, you and Tash. And um, Tash was pregnant at the time. And we announced to you that we were pregnant as well. And I, I can remember how excited you got. Because it, it almost felt like you were like, I'm not alone in this. There's another guy with me. Yes. And it was just such <laughs> yeah, a nice Yeah, I think nice a lot moment. of it is once you get into this position, you just want to share everything that you've had and experience with, with everyone. I think... The dad side of it, it's different, right? It's kind of a Cinderella story for women. It's it's in the movies. It's what a lot of girls want, you know, for their whole life. And for us to, you only kind of get that feeling once the baby is out and becomes yours, essentially. So once you've been through it, it's just something you want to share with as many people as possible and, and kind of normalize it, I think. I think um, mm-hmm. for dads, it, it's quite a daunting thing, you know. It's always good to share moments with other dads. What was your like most daunting thing from hearing that you, your partner was pregnant, that you're going to become a dad? What was the most worrying thing that came to your, wow. came to your mind? Um, the night I actually found out was, it was a day before my birthday, and we were going um, for a steak, eh? Yeah, and we were out for a meal, nice. and I was like, come on, Tash, let's get the shots. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm just not feeling the shots. I was like, you are so boring. So I got my own <laughs> shot. And then we sat there, and she gave me a little card with a photo of a pregnancy test saying, I'm sorry. And I was like, and this is in the middle of Duck Hook in, um, in Dubai. So I was just, there's definitely tears shed, but it was more, um, I just, I guess you don't know how it's going to affect you in all aspects of life. We, as you guys know, Tash and I were not as social as we used to be, but we, we were very social people so trying to imagine what life would be like with someone else in it was just that was probably the scariest thing but yeah I was it's something we wanted for a while change is always difficult and exciting at the same time but um 
Yeah, I was more bothered of the fact she wasn't going to do shots with me for nine months. That's it. <laughs> you missed your drinking buddy. Yeah. <laughs> your partner in crime. She's definitely back now, though, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, she's back. She's definitely making up those uh, nine months out of the game. For me, uh, the because we were trying for maybe for quite a while before I ever arrived, um, we, we had already kind of adapted our lifestyle to a little bit different than before. So for like quite a while before he was born, we were already chilling out and kind of doing things that were just completely different than we used to do in the olden days. So when, when she was pregnant, it was more about around happiness, around the fact that if we finally did it. And yeah, she jumped, she jumped on me and uh, we were actually going to Zoom a brunch with some friends and she jumped on the beds. She ran out of the bathroom in the morning. <laughs> I did it, I did it, I'm pregnant. And it was just amazing, it was just such a nice moment. Um, and I quickly realized I was holding the pregnancy test <laughs> in my hand and where it had just been. Um, so I, I was like, well, <laughs> but it was, all, it, was just, it was just awesome. I think every, this is where I think every dad's reaction is always gonna be different, right? Because you never know what the, what the experience prior to that moment is, right? Everybody goes through different things. I have friends or I know people that have been trying for babies for like three, four, five years, right? They go through like rounds of IVF and all stuff like that. We were never to that extent. Katie kind of like fixed it all by herself. She had PCOS. I'm sure you guys uh, discussed it in another podcast that you had as well. And there's loads of other, other elements that she had and she fixed it quickly, but it was still, when you actually look back at it, it was still like between nine and 12 months. So when that moment when she announced it, it was just amazing. Oh, I can imagine. And um, like you mentioned with Katie, she it was also one of those things that when you have PCOS, it's um, you kind of, unfortunately, you get told that, you know, fertility and things isn't as strong, but she's one of the success stories and shows that you can do it. And yeah. Remy, your little boy, Ivor, so he's nearly one, isn't he? He's one next week. He's um, He's amazing. Is uh, everything, every, me and jo- me Katie always uh, joke around saying is everything we ordered. <laughs> so blonde, bright blonde curly hair, bright blue eyes and just runs around. He's an absolute maniac, so a little bit like me. It's been an amazing 12 months. Like Jacko said, I think that the, the very funny and tough parts over, the, over that duration of the first 12 months is that they change so fast. It's actually just mm. bonkers. I, I find videos and stuff of him like two, three months ago and he's a completely different baby. Um, and a lot happens in the last, like the second six months of the first year, I would say. The first six months, they're still like kind of like newborn a little bit, like first few months, is, they're not, I wouldn't say they're boring, but there's nothing as a dad you can really do, right? Everything is revolved around the mom. All you gotta do is clean the dishes and make sure everything is set up around the house. That's the only thing you can actually do <laughs> as a dad. Um, but the, the, I would say six months onwards until, until one year, that's when as a dad, you can really step in and like, because he's starting to have a personality. And is that when the connection starts, Remy? Like, because that was one thing what, like, myself and Ali were discussing when we were kind of, like, thinking of topics for, for this podcast. Is like, one thing which is completely unknown and people get very confused about is, like, when does the mm-hmm. dad first get the connection so, with the child? I think, um, I think the connection is always there, in a way. Um, but it just evolves a lot more than I would say the connection with the mother does because the connection with the mother is the moment the baby is growing inside of her and the moment he's born breastfeeding whatsoever, that connection is right there. I think it's a connection that's every single day getting stronger and stronger for the dad. Like, for example, the first moment he holds your finger or the first moment he holds your hand or like the first hug, you always remember the first hug, that way he puts his, his, his head down on your shoulder. It's just mental. Like, and 
But, but in terms of connection, I was, I was kind of thinking about it earlier today. It's a very weird thing because when, when your wife is pregnant as a dad, there is some sort of connection happening. It, the connection is not with the baby per se directly, but there is some sort, kind of like, sort of like a new connection happening with the mom where you kind of like, it's almost like you're connecting with the child through her. Uh, and that was very weird because it's just, you start feeling like all these kind of like new emotions and new feelings and new fears. That, was, that would be the biggest one for me, new fears. Fears of things that I never thought I was scared of that I'm now scared of, right? Like you start realizing like things that just like, shit, this goes wrong, what is this? So, like, like what? I'm quite intrigued well, by this. For me, the, the strongest... Sorry, it's turning into a Remy therapy session here. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about you, Jacob, but for me, when, when Kitty was pregnant, I was always, there was, there's always that fear about, because you do all these courses and everything, there's always, of course, the fear of stillbirth or the fear of, like, you know, uh, the baby not making it and stuff like this. And, and as the dad, it's at that moment that you would have to step in to support the wife and the mother. And that, for me, was always the biggest fear that I've had during the whole pregnancy, and even to this day now, is that if something was ever to happen with the child, it would be my duty to make sure that she was okay, not the child, right? And I don't know if I could handle it. And that would be the, that would be the yeah. biggest fear that happened throughout the whole pregnancy is like, if something goes wrong, am I going to be good enough to actually make sure that we hold the forts together? Because you hear so many horror stories of babies not making it, unfortunately, and like couples get divorced and they, they drift apart, or whatever, because of that element. And I was just, I've always been terrified of this. That's been my biggest fear. That is a lot of stress and burden to, well, burden's the wrong word to use, actually. That is a lot of pressure to put on your shoulders as a man, which you don't even think about because it is kind of like a bit of a supporting the family man of the house kind of stepping up and being there for my partner. And it must be quite terrifying throughout the whole experience that you do have that in the back of your head because unfortunately the reality is, and as as sad as it sounds, it does. I I agree with that. It's kind of going back to the old ladies, right? The the, the man is meant to support. And obviously that changes. I've got a successful wife who in her own right is owning whatever she wants to do and we're, we're very good like that but you still feel uh, yeah she she wears the trousers babe. but you do feel that but, <laughs> they all do mate they yeah, all do you do feel that um it's that pressure it's i've got to put more money on the table i've got to you know what if things don't go right and you, you've almost got two people now to look after and whether or not that's right but i know Remy and i are very similar we i take that role to heart it's important for me to be able to provide some sort of spine. And Jacko, when do you think you felt like the real bond or connection connection with Arlo? The time that I felt it was real was whenever we go, my connection started when we had the scans and I could hear the heartbeat. That was when I go, shit, this is, this is real, that's my son. <laughs> or we, we didn't actually know the sex, so we waited for the sex. But at that point it was just, okay, the baby's safe, there's a heartbeat. Until I heard that heartbeat, you know, it was weeks worrying in between the scans going, is he going to be okay? So the connection, first connection was with the scans. And like Remy said, when the baby's born, literally all you can do, you become a cleaner. You become a cleaner, a cooker, a good, a good one. one. But you do, <laughs> exactly, you do have to Get give the rubber gloves on. <laughs> yourself some space and reassurance that that is part of the process, that the baby is connected to the mother. The mother's been there for nine months. If you're not strong enough and aware of that, then the woman's doing the feeds and you can become a bit distant and a bit like, why is this baby not love me? Like, what what do I need to do to make it love me? But the connection does come when they start growing, hugging, when, when they recognize you and they recognize your face, you know, that's when the real connection starts, I think. We, yeah, we made, we made a very, um, 
Katie breast breastfed. She's still breastfeeding now for since since he's been born, and we made it very very. Uh, we made sure that after a few months, when you could introduce the bottle, I was provided with like breast milk through the bottle, and I could feed either. That was massive. That was a massive, yeah. very important thing to me. I said, I said to Katie, I was like, listen, I I I'm, I completely agree with breastfeeding. I think it's the best thing forward. But it's, there's no way that you're going to be the only one having that 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 moment with him for the for the remaining of the time because otherwise it's just going to completely rely on you every single day. And so we did the bottle and uh, yeah, that was amazing. Was just the best. The first feed. Was so you basically so at least you got out the at said. least you got out the night feeds. Yeah, <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Well, the funny enough that this, that's when I started realizing the uh, the the bottle could work at any point of the day. I mean, so that's when I was like, Oh no, you had three months. It's but, uh, funny you said Jacko. Jacko, you were saying about the connection element, right? For me, I didn't. It, I struggled in the, in the scans and all that stuff. I really, I, it wasn't. I was struggling. I was just struggling to get like a full-on connection. But the moment I got, the, I remember the first connection was the second day, or the first day I was born. Katie was in labor for forty hours, so we were there for quite a while. But we were in the hospital room. Katie was sleeping, and I napped on the sofa, and I took him on my on my chest, and we just lay there. And that's when I had my first connection. And I was, I remember just crying. I was like, a mess. <laughs> like, you know, they say women have hormones and like emotional mess when they're pregnant. The dad does as well, by the way. Like, I was an absolute disaster. <laughs> but they say that babies are born and they look like they resemble their dads for the connection. Isn't that a thing? Well, everybody was saying you resembled my dad. So I really hope uh, that, that, that theory is not true. Because, uh, <laughs> look, look at this 65-year-old man. Um, it is a fact, yeah. Apparently, that's what they do, where he looks the same so that it can be recognized. But then there are so many different theories and there's so many different things. Like They also say the baby doesn't see anything when he's born. So I don't know why that would make any sense. <laughs> now, I want to take our, our listeners back to, because you highlighted a memory, what you guys had together of when you went into the kitchen and you both realized that you're going to be dads. Now, envision there was another new dad in the kitchen and he announced the news that he's going to be a first-time dad. <laughs> what tips? Run. 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 Uh, get all the sleep in now. No, what tips would you give this first-time dad in, in your kitchen if, if they were announced the news to you? Um, good question. You want to go first, Jacko? I've got loads of tips. I've got, I've got a full list. Let me get... I'm joking. Um... What would I? I'd, I'd, I'd first take him time just to take a step back and relax because it's not as daunting as you think. Obviously, there's parts of it which is tough and it is mentally and draining and emotionally draining. But I think a lot of guys' fear comes with, like I said earlier, you know, what's going to happen to my social life? What's going to happen to this? I can't go and play football. I can't do this. You know, and the fact of the matter is, it, it's happening and it's just all about learning to adapt to it. Apart from run a mile, I'd just say just relax for the first instance and just enjoy the moment, really. Yeah. I would say around enjoying the moments, I would say try and enjoy what you have right now as much yeah. as you can. Because whatever you have with, at the moment with your wife, you'll never get it. You'll Ever. never have it again, right? Ever. <laughs> and the small things like sitting on a sofa and watch TV, just being the two of you without having to think of what the hell you're going to do in the next three hours when he wakes up or anything like this. Like just those small things of going for a walk or like, like Jack was said, go out and just get drunk without having to care that you're going to have to wake up at 5 a.m. the morning after. All these little things, I think, don't take them for granted and go out and do them. Because sometimes like, that's what I miss. Like 
the, the, the most difficult part for me that was always about having a child in, in, over the last year is the fact that it doesn't stop. It doesn't ever stop. There is no break. There is no, your break is in the evening, you go to bed, whatever, but the morning after it starts again. It doesn't just stop and then you have a time for a big breather about it, right? So if you do go out and have a few drinks and all that stuff like this, you gotta be ready the morning after, it's just starting all over again, which is probably why me and my wife probably <laughs> never ever go out drinking again, because we can't, it's not worth the hangover, I'm sorry. No matter what anybody says, the hangover at 6 a.m. with a baby is not worth any nights out, in my opinion. Absolutely no way. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than this. Amen to that. Says them both drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you both talk about like looking after your babies and how much time it takes and how you don't get any sleep. Like, Why would we want to do it? No, the sleep thing is just like the beginning, right? The first six months or so, seven months. And then if you actually do it the right way, you get very good routine. So like, I don't know about you, Jacko, but I have an hour sleeps like goes to bed every night at 7 yeah. p.m. and wakes up at 6 a.m. Yeah. That's fine. But this is the beginning, right? The newborn babies, they just they have to wake up to feed every three to, two to three to four hours, whatever. You, you have to get into it knowing that whatever that is happening right now over the next few months is not permanent. Yes, you're always going to have a child, but the way, the way it evolves and the way the cycles work and the way like, they, they grow and develop changes so fast that in two months' time, whatever you just nailed and whatever routine you just got like nail changes again. This is the hardest part, by the way, is that, yes, we did it. A month later, I'm not sure if you ladies have heard of, heard of like sleep regression. Sleep regression is like yeah. hell of, of, of newborn babies. Like when Katie comes around, she's saying- You can actually get a therapist in your, yeah. in your house, can't you, for this? Like an, there's, there's an actual career. So we, we, got, we got one of, of these, but we did it on Zoom. She was in the UK. Okay. It's called the sleep trainer. Yeah, sleep trainer, um, that's it. And uh, she's changed her life over the course of like 36 hours. And I'm not even over exaggerating. It took one day to fix everything that we've been suffering for like six, seven weeks. Wow. He was waking up every half an hour, every 45 minutes doing a sleep regression of around four or five months old. And then she came in and you just let them, unfortunately there's an element of letting them cry, which is quite sad. But within 24 hours to 36 hours, the baby was sleeping all night. That's amazing. And being in Dubai, if you're a, you know, we're going to have some mums and dads listening. What do people do? Where do you take your little humans? Like what restaurants, what activities can you do? I mean, we're outdoors at the moment, aren't we? We've got lovely weather. So Jacko, where would you, what do you kind of do with them? The first thing to say is that you can forget about going to restaurants as much as you used to. That just doesn't happen anymore. It depends. The hard thing with Dubai is is the seasons, right? Because in summer, it's hell. We, we went back to the UK for the first uh, summer that Arlo was here. So he was born in February. So we went back to the UK, which is a completely different ball game. There's so much free outdoor stuff to do. Here, you've really got to pick and change. Bear in mind, you've got to pack what you would pack for an all-inclusive two-week holiday just for an hour's meal. <laughs> so it's a lot of stress. I know a lot of families that just don't do it anymore. They just, well, we're not going out. We'll just keep him in. He's got to be back for his nap time. We were very hands-on in the first... I think when he was two and a half months, three months, we went to Santorini for 10 days and we had a wedding. He was out at restaurants. He was under the table, glasses smashing around him, like <laughs> obviously well protected, but you can do it. It just obviously happens less, but there's a lot of friendly places. We like reform in terms of pubs. We, we still go out and have Tash and I time, right? It's, it's very important to remain boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, and keep that connection as separate as you yeah. can with being mum and dad. 
We're, I mean, we're a bit different. I mean, Remy and I are quite different, right? We go out to Phillies Fogs and we go to Reform and we, we try and go out for a cider when we can, but we try and pick anywhere that has is child-friendly, has a big outdoor area. Um, we've just started Privily, which has been the best thing that we've done with a baby in terms of access to so much stuff. Um, it's game-changing, isn't it? It's un- yeah, it's unbelievable. We, we've spent, I think we got it about a month ago and we spent every, every weekend at a different hotel. There's not many limits. You just got to try and pick and choose which is a bit more friendly. Obviously, the beaches out here are great. I just hate getting my son covered in sand. I despise it. I hate it. But I love it. There's lots of soft plays. You two are so opposite, aren't you? Remy's like, get more sand on him. (laughs) Yeah, I prefer a beer garden over the beach. So I prefer the beach over a beer garden. (laughs) Remy, where do you take either then? What's your kind of weekend? So I I invested a little bit on like, you know, new gear. Uh, I bought like a little shade that gets packed into a tiny little bag, a little cool box and stuff. So we do a lot of days out at like Secret Beach. We go to Seafood Beach a a lot. Um, Which is not secret anymore, by the way. We need to rename this bloody beach. Yeah, everyone There's knows about it. There's a bagel sitting on there. <laughs> Al Sufu Beach, whatever it's called. We um, we also have a membership thing uh, like Privily, uh, Emirates Platinum Premium. Um, so we do go to like resorts as well, which is it can get a little bit easier as well because you can just have lunch and stuff like this. Um, one of the things I would say is that if you can if you can afford it, move into a villa. Yes, hundred um, percent. The first few months, the first few months we had the Iva, we were in an apartment. And just getting up and down the lifts with the with the pram, the the bags, the, everything else, just up. It's, I couldn't do it anymore. So, moved to villa now. It's a lot easier, and we've invested into quite a lot of like playground area in the garden forever. So, he's starting to play a lot in the garden, which basically means we don't have to go as much. We've got the barbecue, we've got a few beers here and stuff, and that's that's quite helpful. Because you got to remember, right? Your kid goes to bed at like seven or, or eight or whatever, whatever the time you do. So, you can't just be out the whole night. Otherwise, you just leave him home with the nanny. Yeah. Camp. But yeah, I agree with Jacko. I think a lot of like uh, one of the nice places with kids is, is uh, golf courses, clubhouses. Yeah. So like you go to the L's or you go to uh, Damag Hills and the, the Trump. And these are nice areas because it's always outdoors. You've got the big terrace and stuff and you've got grass and trees. I try to keep Iva as much out as possible from the malls because it's full of AC and yeah. full of people and it's just not really nice. But yeah, beach. And we've done a couple of brunch with him. It was, it was good, like good family brunches. Yeah, that where... changes. You've got to pick your brunches very carefully, haven't you? Yeah. I wouldn't go to Saffron with Ivan, for example. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't go to Saffron in the first place. I haven't been there in like six Apparently, years. Apparently, Saffron but... 2.0 is quite fun, actually. Maybe we should try that. Really? Take the dads out without the babies. <laughs> oh, my God. It looked like the Hangover movie with babies on front. <laughs> we, we did, we did Babalicious for Katie's birthday with, um, with Ivan. And it was, was good because he just slept. He did he did his lunch nap for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then he woke up. Is that and, not too uh, expensive though, Rem? Would you say? Because that's quite a pricey brunch to do with a child. Or is he's free, right? The kid. Do you not and, get charged uh, for? Sorry, if that's this is literally. I do not have a child. No. Do they not Babies charge you for the child at all? A baby doesn't go to the buffet, right? And picks oysters <laughs> and stuff. No, I know that full well. <laughs> but do they not charge you at all from like no. a set age, or is it nah. no? No, they were, I think they're charging from like the age of four. Okay, that's fair. Or three. Like a flight. Just like a plane, basically. right? Just like taking a plane ticket. Plane ticket, like a flight, yeah. How old yeah. do they go free on a plane? Two. I think it's two. Yeah. Oh. Two. It's when the baby can sit on a lap. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, so some, some of the nice, so many brunches are nice to go out to. Um, but yeah, for me, it's more like, we, me and Katie were already like this a lot before he arrived, but we, we like to go out for breakfast, lunches, 
uh, and then spend the evening at home because the problem is that, and you know, I'm sure all parents that will listen to this understand is that the moment you have a routine in place and the baby sleeps the right way, you don't want to mess it up. It's the last thing you want to do. And I would say if you start going out in the evenings and, oh, you know what, let's just keep him up for another no, hour and, and then we'll have another, we'll have another drink. It's not worth yeah. it. It will mess up the whole thing for the next weeks and weeks and weeks. So when you have a routine now, all you want to do is make sure that you don't break it. So, yeah. But um, the important thing as well to add to that is there are going to be times where you're going to have to break the routine. And if you lived your whole life sticking to that routine, you're yeah. just going to become mum and dad. So you have got to break that. But I completely agree. We... You do base everything around the baby's routine to a certain extent. Otherwise, it's just chaos. But the mm -hmm. important thing is to try and keep some form of normality in whatever way you see normal, whatever that is, whether it's going to the beach, whether it's going to a pub, and connecting with your uh, your previous life that you're never going to get back. But you've got to find ways to, to connect and dip in. But it always stems back to the main priority. The main priority is, is, is the baby, right? And that's why I think it's important as well, like when you do have evening dues or whatever it is to kind of really pick like is it actually worth taking the kid with you if it's not worth it just you know have a babysitter or have the nanny at home looking after him and just because he's sleeping anyways because sometimes it might just not be worth it might be more fun to go out with just your wife and, and, and have drinks together yeah you both spoke very highly of 100% like getting a villa in Dubai where would you say the best place to live where do you two both live where have you moved to so we live in the springs which is ideal, to be fair. It's a good community. There's a lot of families, a lot of expat families close to the marina. But I've also been to Remy's place, which is a bit further out, which is unbelievable as well. It, it, it depends, but square. the most important thing is having something outdoors and the ability to let your child be outdoors as much as possible. It's very easy to fall into a trap of putting them in front of the TV. Luckily, my son doesn't like TV. But yeah, you've just got to find anywhere that's got. He's to be too much of a fidget like you, Jacko. Yeah, he wants to be out doing stuff. That's it. He's too much of a nutter. <laughs> Want to be a reform. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Remy, you're in Town Square, aren't you? Yeah, we live in Town Square. Um, we've always been a little bit further out. We've used to live in Damak Hills in an apartment. Town Square was pretty decent because you can get good prices. We have a four-bedroom villa where one of the rooms is Katie's studio for for yoga. Um, and if we wanted to live a bit closer to Dubai and for Trinity, that would be a little bit too expensive. It is a bit far, I'm not going to lie, but at the end of the day, for the things we do, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. That's good. Stop you waking up at 6am with a hangover. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> stop you going out. Um, I want to know what the worst and favourite part of being a dad is. Like, let's be honest and let's get down to the nitty gritty. The worst part, mm -hmm. hands down, is cleaning the bottles and sterilizing the bottles. Really? I, and what would you say yours is, Remy? I don't have that problem because Katie is breastfeeding, yeah. so we hardly have, have, ever have I a bottle. I despise it. I uh, hate it. For me, the worst part is, uh, is, is sleep deprivation. So, like, there, there's been a lot of times over the last 12 months where, honestly, I've never been this tired in my life. And, and you still have to function. This is, the, this is the weirdest part about it. It's like, I always used to say sometimes, you know when you... I'm sure you've all done it here. You know when you've had a flight, a night flight, and you land at like 7 a.m. and you go to work at 8 or 9? Yeah. And you get to work and your eyes are stinging. And all you want to do is just like, you don't even Coffee know what you want to do. Coffee doesn't even cut it. You can't, yeah, there's you nothing. You don't, yeah. even think you, should go, you don't even think you should go to bed because you, you're too tired. You're not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> and you think, I shouldn't be driving. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You should be driving. And like, oh, wait. That's how you feel. Sometimes for like days in a row. And for me, that was the worst part. 
in my in my opinion, life is like if you are feeling well rested, you can go through anything. If you, the moment you get tired, nothing goes well. Everything just starts like burning around you. I hate. And you know, so for me, that was saying like, that. I was. also have like this new thing that I do at work is parents. I always say to them like, "How are you? Are you okay?" Because I just didn't. You just assume that everyone's just got to get on with their life. I'm, like they could have not slept last night, and I don't know. People don't really appreciate that, do they? Yeah, agreed. I know a lot of people, for example, that have had. I don't know about you, Jacko, uh, but like I've never slept. I've slept maybe one or two nights out of the last year in, in the other room just because like I didn't want to wake up the baby yeah. or whatever it was. But I know people that have slept the last nine months in other rooms and stuff like this. No. So just so that it could function because they have a point. The point is that what is the point of both of us being tired tomorrow morning when we wake up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we might as well have one of us functioning. For me, for some reason, I just never, I was always like, no, you know what? We're, we're both in this I'm together. Whether that was the right choice or not, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it, it's, the tiredness is for me like, was, has been the killer. Really, if you slept in another room, that's mostly because you were waking up and you had to go to work. Obviously, Katie was most probably on mat leave. And I completely really? understand that. Like, I, I know it's nothing the same, but I'm sick at the moment and trying to even function by, I've got a cough and I can't even sleep at the moment. So even trying to function, I do the most stupidest thing. I scrape my plate in the morning and I threw the cutlery in the, in the bin. Like you just don't, you don't think straight. So to do a full-time job and not get any sleep is extremely challenging. But well so, done guys, you've done it. Clap, yeah, clap, clap. I think, I think it And what's sense. the best thing? What's the best thing? There's too many, too many. There's so many. The best thing for me, no matter how shit your day's been or whether you've got money issues, work issues, whatever it is, the moment you walk into the room in the morning and you catch eyes with your son or your child. Not your wife. They recognise who you... <laughs> not your wife, no, she, she's fast asleep. Um, but when you, um, when you wake up and you connect with them, every, everything else goes out the window. Um, all those tiredness, the bad things. Um, when you pick him up, it's just the best thing in the world. This is what I always say to everyone. Having a baby is the most difficult, best thing you'll ever do. Like, it is, sorry, excuse my French, it's shit so many times throughout the entire If not more process. times than the good times. But all it takes is one little moment to just make it so worth it. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. There's no better things. If anybody's even considering, oh, no, but it's going to change my lifestyle, do it. Yeah. Because there's nothing better than it. It will get tiring, it will be exhausting, it will be different, but trust me, the, res the, 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 the result of it and the outcome is just ph phenomenal. For me, the best thing to answer the question, Annie, is just like his laugh. Yeah. Like the moment when he laughs yeah. and stuff like this, like he's now a little, he's now, he's still a, he's still a baby. It's the best age of right now. He's like a baby, but at the same time, he's a, he's, a, he's a little boy. He's like, he's not even a toddler yet. He's still crawling, but he's just, and just his, his laugh, his personality is just the best thing ever. You sit there just observing them for, for hours because they just keep, they, they're trying to talk, they're pointing, they're pointing at this, and he keeps saying his first word is like, his first word was there, 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 and now it's this, and he says this to everything, this, 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 this. And you just sit there, you're like, this, and, you're, and you just end up dancing, it's just, it's just awesome. You just end up doing the most random stuff ever, but it's just the best. And what's the network like in Dubai? I know you two have got, you know, each other, and we, we're kind of at that, I suppose, stage in our lives and amongst our friends that we all know, because for the listeners, we've all been 
in Dubai now and we've kind of all been friends for what like seven eight years or so but and I would say like half of our friends that we know have kids and but more people don't have kids I think like in our kind of group have you found that hard is there have you been networking outside friends do you kind of call each other or do you just kind of deal with it I'd say for the for the mothers there's unlimited amount of community reach out there's different groups different mums groups I haven't come across any for dads whether that's me not actively trying to find a support group on a Sunday morning to go and speak to other dads I it's difficult I, I don't think there's anything for dads I haven't seen anything I don't know about there you there we Rene. go maybe you two could start well, something I, up yeah let's, let's take it offline Jacqueline and build this well, thing it would, it would resolve um, the thing is it'd end up on a golf course with beers yeah Most and no kids around and no kids around exactly <laughs> So, <laughs> it Dad's on work. tour. Dad's yeah. on tour, for, basically. For me, for me, uh, I think because I've because I've worked, I've got, I've been, I work quite a lot, and I've, you know, we've got a nine to eight to five job, etc. When I do have time off work and in the evening and the weekends, I've always kind of wanted to spend time yeah. with my family. So you actually start like stepping away from hanging out with people. Um, the first six months of ever being born, I didn't really see any of my friends, not because. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. It was just like I was like, I was, first of all, I was tired. I wouldn't have been fun to be around. Uh, and second of all, when I had a little bit of energy, I wanted to spend it with my wife and my kids yeah. and be at home. In terms of network, I do. I have a lot of friends that have loads of like I have kids of loads of different ages. Um, I won't lie to you. I'm the I'm I, I'm not a massive fan of of big crowds of kids. Yeah. It's it's exhausting. It's like. There's one thing more exhausting than having a kid is having like ten around you. Like, yeah, you become just, a you become a parent to all of them. Things flying around, like well, it's just kids running around naked, like stuff flying on the on the walls. It's just it's hectic. I've been to a couple of birthday parties. Let's put it this way, Jacko's. I went to your kid's birthday party and it was awesome because it was like what two kids. Yeah, and all the rest are just adults. <laughs> that, that's my kind. That's my kind of vibe. I like that. But um, no, I, I don't have any network in terms of. I just hang out with friends that have kids. That's that's about it. And you've both travelled with your little humans. For our listeners, what tips would you give for travelling with, well, a one-year-old or less? Do it early, 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 early. That's what I would say. Really? The first six months. Don't wait until they can, like, just the first six months just go everywhere because they just sleep sleep wherever they are. After that, see you later. Was it a nightmare? Was it a learning for you both? My kid was, um, I don't know what he was. I went to the Maldives and he was eight, nine months. And I could see it was, get, it was awesome. He slept because we did some very good timings of the, of the plane and stuff. And he slept on the way there, on the, on the way back. On the way there, he was awake. And I could see, I was like, oh my God, the moment this kid is going to know how to crawl, yeah. this is going to be hell. And I'm flying in three weeks' time. We're going to the UK and, and Portugal. And we're dreading it. <laughs> yeah, um, we've done both. We've that. done the newborn. He was fine. Three months, slept the whole way, completely fine. And we did it recently. I think it was December and it was a fucking nightmare. It was just (laughs) like he constricting him to one position for seven hours. You've obviously got to bring your bag of toys. You've got to bring his favorite little uh, teddy. We call it a bun bun. What else do we do? We try and feed him on land, uh, give him a bottle on takeoff and landing to stop his ears popping. Massive bag of toys. But we were on a BA flight recently, and do you know back in the olden days where you'd be on flights and there's kids, 
and there's and there's kids crawling around the aisles, right? And you just let them be. Yeah. That's not allowed anymore. We were on BA and he did all he wanted to do was crawl and he was crawling around and they kept saying, No, you've got to put him back in the seat. Wow. And it was just hell. We tried a night flight, he screamed the whole way. We were the, we were those parents and we were in premium oh, economy no. on BA. And we that's were, the fear, isn't it? Yeah. That is the fear. That's but then the you just got to think, like, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you've just got to go with it. Just apologise and to be that parents. Of we the were definitely playing, those parents yeah. as well. I, like, when you see those parents, you do think, oh, I feel really sorry for you, and like yeah. you try and kind of help, but you also think, I don't please think like that shut up. Yeah. That's exactly how I think. I'm like, will you shut him up or what? I still think that about other people's kids. I'm like, shut your kid up. Look at mine. <laughs> you guys are smashing it, though. Honestly, you are. I've got um, two oh, more questions. Yes. Number one is, what about saving money whilst you're a family? I mean, Dubai is very expensive. I can't even save money looking after myself. But got any tips at all about how to kind of reduce the cost with having a kid? I mean, Remy's going to say breastfeed because you had to pay for the formula. (laughs) To be, to be, in all honesty, um, my biggest advice when it comes down to money is like nail the money element before the baby arrives. In terms of like actually learn how to learn how to budget yourself. If that way, you just joked around and you're saying like you know saving money yourself. Learn how to do that first because um, once you do that, I don't actually think I personally don't think that they're that much more expensive. Because what you need to realize is that you give up other things to actually do things with your kids and, and spend money on those kids, right? Like we were talking about brunches earlier and how expensive they are. You're physically not going to do as many of those things anymore. So the money you used to spend on that, you now spend it on your kids. I didn't see a massive hit when it comes down to financials. Yes, you got a couple of shops there of the nappies and stuff like this, but I, 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 don't, uh, I personally don't think it was a massive massive hit and last questions what advice would you give your younger self regardless of whether it's babies or anything what advice would i give us my younger self um yeah i think it would be revolved around uh patience so the the biggest thing i've learned i think and the biggest thing that i've seen changes in myself since i've had Iva is i've learned how to be so much more patient and i prefer myself a lot more now that this is this has happened um, and I wish that I could tell my younger self to learn how to be as patient as I am now because I think I would have just been a lot more relaxed and, and probably just enjoy life a lot more at an earlier stage uh, than now. Because these little things, those little humans that you bring to the world, they, they have a massive impact and they really change you in a way. And for me, it was all about patience. I, I really feel like I've just nailed this answer. Really? Are you well proud done. of that? Well done, Rem. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud of well it. Done. I'm happy for it to go online. I'm happy for it to go online. <laughs> You've achieved what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being on our podcast. And it's been so nice to talk to some guys. We don't have guys often on our podcast. So we really appreciate it. And we've hoped that we've helped the new dads or the dads out there. And thank you both. And for our listeners, if you visit our Instagram, lifeandlaughter underscore DXB, And remember to like and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you.